0: This is Jordan Stewart and you're listening to Soccer Sub. Go listen. I'm Banta. Here.
1: Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs podcast. Now pay me. Pay me in cash, boys. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: thank you for attending the Soccer Subs podcast, the number 1 podcast covering soccer in New York City and all over the world. Let's give it up for Ronnie. Let's give it up for Christian. And let's give it up for you, the Soccer you. Subs podcast.
1: The Soccer Subs podcast, it's game on.
2: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, the show starts in five, four, three, two, one. Let's rock! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast, episode twenty-eight. My name is Ronnie. I'm your host. I'm joined here with my two Soccer Subs co-hosts, Christian, Eric, and a special guest, Skyo. He's on with us today. Fellas, how you guys doing? We had a good event yesterday at Soccer Roof over in Brooklyn. It's been a good week. Fellas, how you guys doing? Episode 28.
2: Hey, We want to say a big thank you to Jonathan Lupinelli and everyone at the Soccer Roof Company because they hosted a nice, beautiful event yesterday. Thank you again. We have a, a nice episode with uh, Dwayne De Rosario. We're so happy that we did that. And yeah, number 28. The number of games France has gone unbeaten when Pogba and Kante play together. That is insane. And of course, the number 28 of uh, Steven Gerrard uh, somebody named Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know who that guy is.
3: Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast. Oh, Christian! You must be living under a rock. You don't know who Ronaldo is. Oh man, just just uh, you know, Google um Hungary versus Portugal from like two days ago. Yo, you will know who he is. But, oh, man, no, I'm doing great. You know, yesterday the event was amazing. Got to meet uh, some really nice people. Dwayne, I, I, to be honest, to be quite frank, I never really watched MLS as much. But I was looking at, you know, highlights and everything. Oh, man, he's an amazing guy. He was an amazing player. And I was really glad to, you know, be able to meet him, interview him. It was, you know, it was amazing. And I'm looking forward to all the, you know, all our listeners to, you know, get to see that interview with him.
4: And I'm, uh, I'm back again for another episode. Last time we talked about Sao Paulo. This time we have Copa America and the Euros. I love waking up and being able to watch at least three games a day. And it's going to be a long summer. Non-stop, baby. Welcome back.
1: Yes, sir. We got our Brazil correspondent with us. was back for another episode. And for the soccer fans, we have a big show for you guys today. As usual, we have a special guest joining us all the way from the West Coast. He plays as a defender for the LA Galaxy. He's been called up to the U.S. men's, U18s, U19s, U20s, U23s. Oh, man. We got the one and only Julian Araujo joining us all the way from LA.
4: Julian!
1: Really excited about that, man. He's only 19, but what a heck of a kid, man. Really excited to get to talk to him, get in his brain a bit. You know, he, he he's such a solid player, definitely a star up and coming. So um, he's coming up for, for you guys in a little bit. And yeah, fellas, since we last recorded, it feels like it's forever, but it's only been like a week and a half, <laughs> but like we always say a week and a half in soccer news is is, is is forever. So since we last recorded, oh man, US men's officially won the Nations League. That was a crazy game. We had Gianluigi Donnarumma to PSG. That is official as for Fabrizio Romano. And I think the biggest news probably of the week, Sergio Ramos is officially leaving Real Madrid. He's going to be having a press conference coming up. As a Madridista, it's going to be a sad day for me, man. Sergio Ramos to me is Real Madrid, is the captain. But man, it's going to be a sad departure. Eric, did I forget anything else, man? I feel like we got so much news to get into, but anything else?
3: Oh, man, listen, listeners, if if they keep mentioning to me these guys that, you know, the U.S. Beat Mexico, I'm going to have to, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to leave the podcast. There, there will be an open, vacant position here in the podcast for one of you. <laughs> one more time. No, but in other news, you know, we have Rodrigo De Paul, who looks like he's going to, he's ever closer to signing for Atletico Madrid, a fantastic player for Undenise. I can't wait to see him play for that Diego Simeone side. We have Tomori, who was officially signed on a permanent deal for $28.5 million with eight. Milan a fantastic signing for them Chelsea are definitely missing out big on that we have Depay who's looking closer and closer to signing for Barcelona on a free agent and you know last but not least uh, not really surprising but um, Juventus as horrible of a board as they are have extended Morata's loan deal uh, Juventus fans congratulations we have Morata for another year who is just a Spanish Werner as clearly shown against Sweden but we're talking Euros baby forget about oh, Juventus man. for once <laughs>
1: Uh, that's right, Eric. We got the Euros in action all this whole week. Oh, man, there's been a couple great games. France-Germany, Wales-Turkey, Portugal-Hungary, Spain-Sweden, England-Croatia. So many games to get into. So, fellas, I want to get your takes real quick on what games have stood out to you. And just right before we get into that, I do want to send a get well-wish to Christian Eriksson. I'm sure he's listening to this podcast right now. We want to say, Christian Eriksson, get better, man. Uh, oh, man, that was really sad to see, you know, that Denmark-Filling game. Uh, man, but uh, that'll probably be one of the game I, I want to talk about later on. But, fellas, what's been going on with you guys? You guys been watching the Euros. What's one game that stood out to you? Eric, I'll start that one off with you real quick, man. I, I feel like you always set the tone.
3: Oh, man. I mean, uh, I think the biggest moment so far in the Euros is, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo saying, you know, no Coke, you know, drink water. For sure, for sure, you know. No, but, um, you know, getting into the game aspect. Uh, listen, I, I want to point out actually two games. Um, Obviously, I think one of my favorite games so far had to be Ukraine versus Netherlands. That game was just so exciting. Uh, again, from a neutral perspective, I wasn't really supporting either or. It was just an amazing game. You had, you know... Gigi Wijnaldum, who was just playing fantastic the entire game, you know, definitely showing Liverpool what they're gonna miss. What they're gonna miss as soon as he leaves and plays for PSG. PSG, you got yourself a fantastic midfielder. You know, we have Ukraine. Uh, you know, ultimately they lost. Yes, but Yarmolenko, what a goal! What a fantastic goal! That goal was amazing. It was beautiful to watch. I honestly replayed that goal. You know, one, two, three times. You know, Portugal, Hungary. You know, I have to get credit to Hungary. You know, for the first 80 minutes. You play fantastic defense. I think, you know, you guys played, you know, organized. You played well. But I think in the end, Portugal ultimately were the more talented team. They had more talent, so to say. And I think, you know, listen, uh, we talked about this yesterday. You know, Ronaldo, sure, he can go missing the first 80 minutes, but you cannot give that guy a split second because, hey, penalties, for sure he's going to score them. You know, give him up in space. He's definitely going to hurt you. And what happened? Boom. Last what? Last 10 minutes, he scored two goals. We have Guerrero, who scored another one. Listen, Portugal are a team to look out for. Definitely not someone you ha- you want to underestimate Germany and France. I'm looking forward to the rest of these games, man.
2: I, I was a little bit disappointed, though, because you-, you hold the game until the 80th minute, and then you get scored on three goals. And I'm going back to, like, what uh, Todd Ramos has said. It's like, listen, you got to show some character. If you're going to end up losing 3-0, you might as well go for the attack. But like you said, uh, I think there's a lot of talent. I think that last goal for Ronaldo was a special piece. Definitely got to admit that that double wall pass it was, was phenomenal. But um, I do think that there's going to be a bigger challenge against Germany. And Eric, I want to hear your takes next week when we when we talk about that. Let's it's Werner
3: out. playing. I'm not scared. Werner will be starting. I'm, I'm perfectly confident in Portugal winning that game for sure. Sorry, Werner.
4: I love you. So just to make it even more harder than the Euros is, I have one thing to say. It's coming home. Uh, I think when I watched England versus Croatia, you saw you know Croatia, who were a finalist in the last World Cup, didn't look as great, but England performed so much better than we expected for a first game. I think Money Mount is the, the man of the man of the hour right now. I think he, if he keeps up his performance, he could carry that team. Same way you see Portugal getting, getting carried by Ronaldo. Ronaldo has a team around him, but, you know, the dead man, deadly man, Harry Kane, also has a good team around him. I think Southgate needs to get that mentality in those players because you have a group of players that are playing top-tier football. You know, you, uh, across the line, you have Harry Kane, Sterling, Phil Foden, who I hate to say it, but he's on the wrong side of Manchester because if he wants to win a Champions League, he won't be able to do it with with Manchester City. But yeah, I think uh, just to make it better, I think it's coming home. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that hurt me a little bit, Uh, Caio. You know how much I love
4: Pep. Uh, I I like him too at Barca, but, uh, you know, his time needs to come back, you know?
3: (laughs) Um, Did I hear (laughs) Fagiola?
4: No, just quickly, Ron,
2: I just got to say, I did enjoy France Germany I think that was a game if you really want to get into the tactics and the technical ability of players that was just phenomenal because uh, yes France did win and I think Germany was not as precise as we wanted it to be because there were some tactical runs between each other between both teams and I think that was just the most fascinating part of it. Uh, the only thing is that, you know, you have that great pass from Paul Pogba. I think it, that was the intention. To me, that was phenomenal because you can't even see the angle in the camera. And you know how wide that view is. To have seen Hernandez all the way from the far side, I think that's, that just tells you how much talent this guy has. And when you have Kante, it's like like Sebastian Orr said, man, that's another an extra player. So it's not a 4-3-3, it's a 4-4-3.
1: Oh, man, as for me, a couple games have stood out to me. The France-Germany game, like Christian said. The Portugal versus Hungary game, 3-0. And I really think Hungary fans have a lot to be proud of. Even though they lost that game, like uh, Christian and Eric said, I mean, the Hungary team came out strong and looked strong for 80 solid minutes. All the goals came towards the end. But if they play like that, man, I have a good feeling they could come out of a group. So shout out to them. But the one game I really did want to just mention real quick is the Denmark-Finland game. And obviously, it was sad to see Christian Eriksen go down, but the reason I wanted to mention that one is just because as, as traumatic as it was, as ugly as it was to see Christian Eriksen, you know, and, and his, his girlfriend or his wife, you know, trying to come to his aid and everyone, I really just love seeing all the soccer fans just come together, right? I really love just seeing the Finland games and, and the Finland fans and the Denmark fans chanting together like Christian Eriksson, like, man, all the well wishes. I think it was one game that you kind of just put soccer in in the backseat for a second, right? And you just kind of get reminded that, you know, we're humans first. And yeah, we, you know, we're support rivals. And, you know, but at the end of the day, like, it got me, it had me a little emotional, man, just because it was so scary to see Christian Eriksson practically almost almost died for like almost a minute or two before he uh, you know he thankfully he was resuscitated with cpr thankfully he got tests done um at the hospital i believe that's still undergoing but for a, a couple minutes you remember that you know fans come together at the end of the day no matter what country we come from we're all brothers and sisters and i think it was just a beautiful show of solidarity and i don't know if we'll ever find a game just like that and you know we just want to get send our well watches to christian erickson again like we said in the intro and and yeah um that was one game to me that stood out and I'll never forget it I'll be old as heck and I'll never forget that kind of game so anyway that's one game that stood out to me and fellas before we get into julian arajo of course uh euros has been crazy I wanted to ask you guys what are your top four predictions to get into the to the final the semi-final quarterfinals and all that fellas what are your four teams and eric I'll start with that one with you again real quick
3: oh man I mean uh you know first and foremost I have to go with our you know yesterday's interview you know uh spot on i must have the insane ball knowledge as you know you know i mean christian knows because you know i'm leading in the fantasy league of course but um no for sure it's gonna be look italy france are the you know definitely favorites portugal and belgium belgium look uh, honestly belgium look very scary romelu lukaku is just he's on a tour he he's out on a mission this season and you know if he could capitalize on his chance if, if his teams can work around him belgium are scary so those are my, my four definitely making it to the semis but the final, listen, I think we're gonna have a a rematch. France, Portugal,
4: one for the ages.
1: I'll get Caio's uh, I'll get Cayo's takes. What are your top four teams, Cayo?
4: As it's as I said earlier, the Syros couldn't get any harder to pick the final four. I did have Turkey as one of my dark horses, but that's not looking too good. But I think I'm gonna give I'm gonna give those teams that have shown what they, they're playing, I'm gonna give it to them. I think Italy, France, Belgium and England are my final four, just because I I just want to see that rain back, you know, uh, like England coming back, being like one of the best countries in in Europe, and so is in Italy. So, and I think my final is gonna be either my final is gonna be Belgium, France.
1: All right, Christian.
4: Hey, man, you know I, I it's not that I don't like
2: Ronaldo. It's just that I don't see Portugal doing what they did last Euros. Uh, with all due respect uh, to Duane, De Rosario, and uh, Eric. Uh, but uh, yeah, Italy six points, six goals in two games, and I said that from the beginning. Especially uh, shout out to Christian Vieri. he had them winning it all this year. I'm not sure about that, but hey, definitely top contenders. I think I had uh, obviously England. Uh, I mean, this is just too many, too many talented players. Uh, I know Eric. Look, Eric's <laughs> laughing. It's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, we we just love going against each other. But yeah, man, it, I, I look. Sterling scoring, and this is just the beginning. I guess a good Croatian team. Don't forget they were the finalists uh, in the World Cup. So I I have those two. Germany, don't count them out because I think, <laughs> well, look, <laughs> you you can't laugh. Germany is a powerhouse. Uh, I'm I a Warner.
4: Exactly.
2: Hey, look, he just needs to have more confidence. And I know I know for a fact he is going to get them through the group stages for sure, man. And my last team, of course, France, Uh, you can't have, you know, too. you can't ask too much of them. I mean, this is pretty much the most talented team in the world, current world cup champions. And they just like at their peak, whatever these guys are doing on the field, man, they show it, the technical ability, the confidence, uh, they are probably one of the finalists in this uh, tournament.
1: All right, fellas. And for me, I got France, Portugal, England, and Italy. Let's get into it real quick. France, I can't deny Conte, Pogba, Benzema, Mbappe connection. Uh, For Portugal, I mean, we got one of the best players in Cristiano Ronaldo. You still got Pepe, you got the wall Ruben Diaz. They played really well the other day against Hungary. I think they showed resilience, you know, scoring in those last few minutes of the game. I think they could possibly do that again against upcoming opponents. England. I feel like England is just stacked up like a, like a super team. Like if, if it was a super premier league team, I got, we got baby Foden, Harry Kane, Sterling on the top, Kyle Walker, John Stones, Mason Mount. Don't get me started, man. But I think they could definitely make a run at least get to the semis. Uh, hopefully. Eric's laughing right I'm now. Wrong. And then lastly, man, I think, man, you know, I think Italy's got something to prove, man. And and we got one of Eric's favorite players, Kiesa uh, on that team as well. You got Immobile, senior, Berardi in the top. Uh, I think they can make some noise this upcoming uh, for this upcoming Euros games coming up. Oh man, and I hope at least two of my predictions are right. Knock on wood, because uh, we've been having some bad luck lately with predictions. But uh, those are my top four. I don't know, fellas. I feel like we're kind of close in all of them in regards. You know, we definitely got France as a as a common team, and possibly Portugal and Belgium in there as well. But uh, we'll see how these go upcoming games go. We'll be back next week, and we'll see how these upcoming games turn out. All right, fellas, so we got to get to our interview with Julian Araujo coming up right now, joining us all the way from the West Coast. You guys might know Julian Araujo from the LA Galaxy. He's been called up to the U.S. Men's U20s, U23s. Really excited. And we got Julian Araujo coming up next. Let's go. All right, soccer fans, we have a big guest joining the show today. He's also played for the USL LA Galaxy 2, and he's been called up to the U.S. Men's National Senior Squad. He plays for the LA Galaxy and wears number two as a defender. It's a true pleasure to have him on the show, with us. a huge honor. Let's please give a warm welcome to Julian Araujo to the show. Oh, Julian Araujo. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Julian Araujo. (laughs) I appreciate
0: appreciate you guys, man. I'm I'm happy and and honored to be on here, like I said earlier. But yeah, man, whatever you guys want to ask,
1: ask. (laughs) (laughs) hey julian that's our soccer subs intro Uh, hey we try to we try to have a good vibe as soon as we have a guest on with us a true pleasure man you know and we're so honored when we were presented the opportunity to talk with you we were so thrilled you know first things first man from all of us you know how are you how was your off season first of all and actually you know how's your little break been international break right now you know la galaxy has been off to a phenomenal start i'm sure you had to get some rest get your batteries reset you know how you been overall Mm -hmm. man
0: Man, I'm good, man, I'm healthy most of all. Most importantly, thank God. um I, I feel good. My family is good. everybody's everybody's healthy. so yeah, my summer my offseason was good as well. It was longer than expected, obviously, difficult year. but yeah, i was I was I was itching to get back on the field as soon as possible and I'm glad we did that at at a, at a decent amount of time at an early time as as earliest time as possible. but yeah, man, i'm I'm happy. my my body feels good. Uh, obviously. Leading up to the season, we've, we've been doing well as a team and as a group and uh, with the new coaches and just flipping things around as a whole has been very good and uh, just uh, more exciting, to be honest. Um, uh, we had two days off this past weekend, took advantage of that for sure. Uh, but I had to recharge, regroup, regroup myself, you know, just focus, take my head outside of soccer and just uh, focus a little bit on myself and on my family and uh, just take care of my body. But, um, but yeah, man, I feel good.
3: Oh, that's, that's really great to hear, Julian. You know, um, I think, you know, rest and, you know, just getting that right mindset is very important, especially to, you know, young players and everything. I'm really curious, Julian. You know, I just, just I just want to dive right into it. I really admire your charity work, you know, especially at such a young age. You you rarely see that even as, as like, you know, for older players, uh, you know, I've been playing for years and years. And I'm not, I'm not talking just soccer, but just the sport in general. And that's really something I want to talk about, you know, your charity efforts with the United Farm Workers Association. You know, I'm curious to see, you know, how much of an influence has your home, friends, families had a, uh, an effect not only on your career, but the work you're doing outside of the sport?
0: Yeah, man. So like uh, like I said in earlier uh, podcast interviews that I've been in, man, it, it was something very, very big for me to help out in. It's like a big maybe topic or whatever, you know, having a family, of immigrants that came from from mexico to come to the us uh my dad's first job was working on the fields and a lot of my a lot of my family uh aunts uncles grandparents um all worked in the field so for me it was a very important step to to take as soon as i as soon as i had a platform i knew i wanted to use it i know there's a lot of uh, sacrifices that the farm workers go through that a lot of people don't realize um i just i've heard a lot of stories through through my family and friends and yeah, so I, I know what they kind of go through. They wake up very early, get home very late, very tired, sore, hurting. You know, there's a lot of things that go into into what what they do, and I don't think they get as much acknowledgement as they should be. And uh, to be honest, they should be getting a lot more money than what they really do. Uh, they provide for a lot. They provide for the world, man. They they give us vegetables, fruits, everything. Make sure that everything is good. You know, uh, they make sure that it's plant it on time, that it's right, that it's water. They do a lot of work that maybe behind the scenes we don't we don't see. And um, yeah, man, it's it's just something that that really hit my heart, and it was something that I really want to continue to help and grow. And hopefully, one day, uh, you know, start my own organization. It's uh, something that's been on my mind as well as just uh, just trying to help them as much as I can, and um, try to just uh, put more eyes into them and, and what they do. And uh, yeah, man.
2: No, that's that's very important, Julian, especially because when you talk about sacrifice and everything that your parents have done to help you, uh, kind of give you this opportunity to live a, a life as a soccer player, I think that's very important. Yeah. And it's, speaking on that, I, I wanted to focus a little bit more on, um, on your path to becoming a professional soccer player. We know that you spent a season with FC Barcelona Residency Academy in Arizona. It's like the only mm-hmm. one in the U.S., you know, and this were where players were, Kaden Clark, Matthew Hoppe have uh, been a part of, Julian Araujo, yourself. Uh, what mm-hmm. can you tell us about that experience and working with La Masia coaches?
0: Yeah, so it was it a was very good experience. You know, it was just all soccer. It was a uh, breathe, eat, sleep soccer, man. It was, uh, we were in Casa Grande, not much to do at all. Very different from where, where I come from, you know. Not as to there's there's where I come from Lompok, there's nothing to do as well. You know, the, the best thing you can do is go to go to McDonald's or go to <laughs> go to Walmart and, and do some walk around, you know, there's no mall, there's no nothing, man. So it was nothing too different from that part, but it was just we were in the middle of nowhere, couldn't go out as much. But yeah, man, but the experience was very well. The coaches, the technical director, they were all very well, uh, they knew what they were doing. I got along with basically everybody a lot of good players i think when when my u was there or my my u nineteen or u seventeen team we were pretty good, man. it was the first year i think, and we we did very well we won a lot of games we had a lot of good players, matthew Hoppy and uh Roberto molina we i don't know if you guys know him, but we have we have a lot of uh we had a lot of we had a lot of good players man and um but yeah uh working with uh Dennis. He was, he was the technical director that went over. That left, I think, maybe mid of, of the season or was only only there for maybe three, four months. Uh, he went to go coach at Barcelona, the U18 team. Went to go, got opportunity to coach there. So it was very big for him. He left, and then um, when he was there, they brought me over to, uh, to La Masia in, in Barcelona for about a week and a half. And I trained there, and I think I did very well. They obviously... They spoke to, to my coach at the residency and they basically told him that if I was, Sp- I was Spanish and I had a European passport that, that they would assign me, but would I would have had to wait until I was 18. And there was like uh, conversations going on with my agent and them as well before I uh, signed with Galaxy. Um, so it was kind of in my because the U18 coach uh, was gonna, was coaching the UA team and he wanted me to come out there. Was coaching the U nineteen, so, and uh, I was gonna move out there to, to play with them, but it was kind of like playing academy or playing signing first team. And obviously, for me, it was always the dream to play professional soccer. And I knew it was the right step to sign with the Galaxy, and that Europe will always be there. And it was a uh, it's a process, man, and there's no rush. And I want to continue to develop here and uh, get the most out of my experience and of, out of out of every game, and just continue to kind of express. Uh, to express myself on the field and, and and develop every day
1: hey julian i'm glad you mentioned you know la galaxy too because you know that's actually that's obviously a, a huge step for where you are now i wanted to ask you real quick you know what was that first you know that what was that one year you spent with la galaxy two then you made a jump to the senior LA Galaxy MLS side. What was that, I guess, adjustment like going from USL to MLS? Because I know, you know, the level of talent, you know, it's, it's definitely there between the two of them. Yeah. But you could see it's sure. more aggressive in MLS. And what was that adjustment for you between, I guess, two different leagues, if you will?
4: Yeah,
0: so uh, when I played with with the USL team, I think I only played probably like 70, 70 minutes with USL. I think I got there like very late <laughs> to the season. And um I think I played in Seattle and one other game and then I made like my home debut or my something like that in against Sacramento Republic and um in Parson. But yeah, I think I only played three games with them. Whenever I got there, I didn't even play as much. And then right after that, I think I uh I went to preseason or I had one Academy game with uh with LA Galaxy against um it was U19 against um Real Salt Lake and I think it was, I had a very good game against uh Real Salt Lake. And uh, Dennis the Closa was there, our GM, and I scored that game. And, yeah, it was just a very good game for me. And, I, you know, it, everybody – when everybody tells me it's kind of right, man. You have – all you need is one opportunity, and they see you, and, and it's there, man. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a transition. I went to preseason after that. I uh, went to preseason with the first team. And, man, these guys treat you like an adult. They don't treat you like a kid. That, that was kind of one of the biggest things for me. But for me, I was, uh, I was always physical with everybody. I was never afraid or back down of anybody older than me, whether that was playing soccer or outside of soccer. But yeah, man, I was always told to just be tough and, uh, you know, fight for what I want to do. And, and now it's a job and there everybody on this team or on my past or all professionals want to play, man. It's, um, it's a job. It's different. You know, I was seven, 17 and it's like most 17-year-olds don't have a job like this, but it's a real job, man. And it's, uh, it's crazy to me. You know, it was just, they don't treat you they don't treat you like you're a kid, man. They hit you, they they step on you. It's it's different, man. It's like everybody's fighting for a position, man. It's crazy. Of course, It was definitely, and, and the speed of play was different. You know, I think that was kind of my, my biggest adjustment. One of my biggest adjustments was probably um, sleeping at a decent time, eating right. Because at 17 years old, I want to eat hamburgers. I want to eat, you know, it's, it's like what everybody wants to eat. I, I would gain, I would, actually, I wasn't a gamer. I wouldn't play video games. But yeah, it was just up late. I didn't care about my sleep. I didn't care about my rest. But that was that was honestly one of my biggest and toughest transitions. Is just learning learning how to how to recover, learning how to take care of my, my body and um and eating right, sleeping right, and all that very plays a very big factor in in this uh, this professional like my my job. It plays a very big factor. My body is my job, man. My body is my biggest tool, and uh, what's gonna what's gonna make me my money for the rest of my year and feed feed my family. So. Yeah, but I think that was kind of my biggest transition and obviously, obviously the speed of play learning before I get the ball to already know who to pass it to it's just everything is just a it's a step higher you know it's just it was it was a lot different it was a it was definitely a big transition, but I'm glad that all the guys like you mentioned earlier Sebastian Servando Chris Pontius back then Perry Perry kitchen Daniel stairs everybody everybody was. um, was kind of they helped a lot man and I think that was very big for, for me it was just having I thought going in they were going to be like big headed you know not going to help you out but all these guys were super cool man very very helpful with all of us young guys and uh, wanted what's best for us but you know they they obviously knew that it was a job too but they would, they would go after on the field give us an instruction give us um, what we can be better in what what can help us? You know, things that we aren't doing well, that we can do different, that can do, be doing well. That when we were doing well, they would tell us. And I think that was kind of my biggest thing is just having all those people around us and and uh, knowing that they wanted best for us. And I think that's what kind of kept us going.
2: And on that, I want to say that you were also pretty much very open to taking advice from these uh yeah. players as well, because otherwise, for sure, how important that is, right? To, to- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's definitely important, man. I've I've uh, I, I've seen some incidents where where some young players don't listen to the older guys look away when when someone's talking to you or maybe even talk back a little bit like and and they take it like very big. You know, I, I was always a person that wants to learn from anybody, whether it's my brother, my sister, my a random stranger that is doing something that can help me benefit me in my life. It's I'm open to learning on and off the pitch. And I think that was something that very. That helped me a lot because I'm a person that wants to learn and, and it's open to learning who, from whoever it is from whoever, whoever is going to help benefit me.
3: Yeah, like a sponge, basically, you know, you're just absorbing all this, you know, all this knowledge, you know, you kind of touched upon it earlier, you know about how young you were when you, you got into, like, soccer and the professional level. And, you know, it's crazy because when I was in high school, I just, you know, I was worrying about, you know, what time are my friends going to get online so we can get on the PlayStation, you know, what time are we are going to play FIFA or something like that, you know? And exactly, it's bro. crazy because I was reading up about you, and you got your first couple of minutes while still finishing high school, you know? I'm just curious, yep. you know, what was your state of mind? You know, you're still finishing high school, but you're still, you know, you're getting these minutes at a professional level. You know, it must have been like, I don't know, you must have been feeling like- it was
0: stressful. It was stressful to be honest. I, I hate school. I hate school, bro. I really do. Like, I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. He's I not, not even to gonna sugarcoat because, it. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I hate school, and everybody that knows me knows that I hate school. It was very stressful because it was different. I'm I, I wasn't used to online school. I'm a, I'm someone that likes to learn when someone is showing me. I learn better. Like online, it's like me doing it on my own. How am I going to learn? You know, like I I don't like it. So it was difficult for me like that. But um, but yeah, man, it was um, it, it was stressful for it. It was definitely stressful. But the soccer part, I loved it. And, and sometimes it caused school would cause me to stress and. and me um it would get into my head and uh, when I was playing soccer but um but yeah man it, it's been good though now so it's all good.
3: <laughs> was there like any time that at any point when you were playing like hey like I'm still a kid I'm still in school like were you ever phased about like the opponents <laughs> underestimating you or anything like uh, that? Never like that man but there was times where
0: I'd be like I'm such a kid. These guys have families, like, just like that, but never against an opponent. An opponent, I don't care if you're bigger than me or anything. Not even my teammates, like, it's okay. But, like, sometimes, though, like, I'll be in the locker room and everybody's just talking about their kids or they're about to get married. I'm like, damn, I'm not even thinking about (laughs) that, bro. It's insane, man
1: hey julian no that, that's 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 amazing man no i mean for sure my next question for you man is i know we told you offline but uh, you know we had sebastian legit on with us a few months ago amazing interview great guy and i'm glad to hear that he's kind of like a mentor for you we were asking him about you know la galaxy culture under under greg Vanny. and you know this is a greg Vanny that came from toronto and he was mentioning that this is not the same greg Vanny from toronto he's trying to reinvent himself you know kind of you know a different coach Trying to make his own history with LA Galaxy, and like I mentioned in the intro, you guys are off to an amazing start. You know, five wins, two losses. I wanted to ask you, what's it like playing for Coach Vanny? Um, and you know, what's the culture like? And one quick thing before that is like, you know, um, we've talked to other coaches, and you know, culture in a sense is kind of like, you know, how do how does the team and the coach react when when you guys win? How does the team and the coach react when you guys lose? And the locker room, all that. So I wanted to ask you how it's like under Greg Vanny.
0: Uh, I think Greg's been very good, man. I think he's definitely made a big difference in, in us, uh, in this club, both just on and off the field, man. I think a lot of us players are just a lot happier now. I think a biggest thing with us is just being more of a family this year than we were last year. Like I mentioned before, it's just uh, we get along a lot more. We we talk to each other more off the field. We make jokes more. We, we hang out more. We have, um, like, just more bonds, man. Just like uh, we – we're just a family. Like, to be honest, that's, that's how, that's the best I can describe it. And, and like you said, like, if we lose a game, like against Portland, obviously it was, it was a difficult game, but just like, we're, we're always open to learning always open to, we just get advice. Everybody has an input coach says what he has to say. You know, it's always about learning and, and, you know, we lose a game. We can't, we can't do anything about it. You know, obviously everybody's going to be mad. There's things that go wrong in a game. Sometimes the team plays better than us sometimes it's lucky. I, I don't know, man, but culture has been a lot better, man. It's, it's more of a family for sure. And, and, you know, it's something that I've been very, very, very happy with. And I think that's kind of what, what has uh, played a big role in this year is just me being stress-free not me not having to worry about so much, you know, coaches have been not just Greg, but all the assistants, everybody, man, it's just always open to learning, teaching, and they, they're how, they help a lot of us young guys out, you know, they help, they make sure that we're, we're doing right. They treat treat us like professionals, man. And it's like, it, it's it's good to know that that they want what's best for us. And they're always just um, even little things. If something, like like I said, we're doing something bad. They let us know. We're doing something good. They they let us know. And they're always willing to to work with us. And uh, yeah, man. But but Greg and the whole staff has came in and made a huge uh, a huge difference. And yeah, like I said, man, everybody's just a lot happier and uh, and it's more of a family, and you can feel it.
2: When you have such a great leader like Greg Vanny, I mean, a lot of things can be done. and A lot of people from yep. Toronto already missing him for sure. Julian, I wanted, I wanted to shift focus on one big aspect of the game, which is confidence. And I, and I see it, especially when you're speaking, uh, when you're playing against each other, any other teammates, when you're playing against anybody else. That's something that, you know, your mom talked in an interview, even since you were very young. It's just like my son wanted to become a professional soccer player. What can you tell us about the process of of building self-confidence and the importance and the impact it has on the game?
0: Yeah, man. So, to be honest, like when I entered the league, like I wasn't really as confident. Like I I wouldn't talk like how I'm talking now. I was more of a a 17-year-old kid. Like wouldn't know how to talk in an interview. But, yeah, I think uh, me just growing up with a – I've never really played at my age group. Uh, Always played above or – Always would hang out with people older than me. Like all my friends are, all my best friends and all my my pretty good friends are all older than me a year, two years older than me. I don't really, you know, it's just the, uh, just the way I grew up. To be honest, I think um, I always wanted to hang out with my brother and, and his friends. and My brother's twenty four, yeah, twenty four. So it, it's I don't know. To be honest, I think uh, just me playing and uh, hanging around the guys that uh, on the on the team has just been. What's kind of giving me the confidence, uh, maturity, and uh, just like I said, man, they, they don't treat you like a kid. Sure, if you ask any of the other guys, they they tell you the same thing. So it's been good. Uh, I I wouldn't really know how to like describe how I got my confidence. It was just uh, it just naturally came, man.
2: Now that's that's very important, especially because you know there the are times where players go in highs and lows, you know, and yeah. being able to maintain that confidence is important for you to 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 step up the next game. And I'm pretty sure, you know, that's something that that, that the mentality that you have worked through with the U.S. national teams, with the uh, with, with the LA Galaxy, I think that's that that's something that shows and and it's mentioned. Yeah. Every article that we read about you, it talks about confidence and how important Mm -hmm. that is when you think about the next game.
1: Yeah. Hey, Hey, Julian, just real quick. um, One of the other questions we had for you is we saw some articles last year about you, you know, Coach Tata Martino from the Mexico team giving you a lot of praise. And, you know, we had to ask you how stressful was that decision, you know, um, weighing between playing for Team USA or the Mexican national team. And, you know, me and Christian were at a bar just not too long ago. We were like, dude, it it would be so crazy. We're Ecuadorian. And, you know, if if we had Mm -hmm. Ecuador that, you know, was asking us to play, but obviously, you know, USA where we, you know, we grew up and went to school gave us all our opportunities to me, I'd be torn, man. And I just want to ask you, how was that process for you? And dude, how Um, could you weigh, you know, it'd be so hard for me, you know,
0: to be honest, it's, I haven't made a decision yet, man. It's not, the process isn't really over. Um, Oh, okay.
1: Still going. Okay.
0: It's, um, I had a lot of, uh, yeah, I had calls with him he's called me yeah talked to my agent as well as like their technical head president or whatever he's talked to to um to me or to my agent and got in contact but yeah man uh oh it's <laughs> still going really, oh okay yeah, no no I mean, all, all good all good no we, we
1: definitely had to ask you on you know kind of being yeah, no, torn no between two sides and no, for sure that's that's something personal yeah, I, I just
0: say it's it definitely it's definitely um Definitely, it was definitely stressful though, because there's been times where both teams are calling me and I'm very, it's in my head and being so young, it's very, it's a lot to be honest. It's a lot. I, I don't really, whenever it came to that point, I, I wouldn't like really talk to anybody because it would just stress me out. But yeah, man, like I said, man, I'm very, my doors are both, my, both my doors are still open. And, um, but right now, to be honest, I'm just focused with the Galaxy and just trying to, uh, maintain my starting spot and, um, just continue to progress and, and, learn every day and uh, just be the best version of myself whenever I wake up and uh, continue to, to to have consistent good games. And uh, that's kind of my biggest goal right now.
3: I hope after last night, you know, you, you haven't decided just yet. I mean, it was a fantastic game, though.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was crazy. Crazy game, man. Crazy game. You know, if the fans want to listen to Julian's response, they got to wait for the next time we interview you. uh, For sure. (laughs) Julian, one of the things that I I do want to ask you is that the process, you've been working with the U18s, U19s, U23s, and the national team. How has that process been like? What is it about the... Program the United States program that's developing not only talented players, but it's building leaders that are transforming the way the Americans are playing soccer.
0: Um, yeah, man. So, I think um, so. I mean, my my you when did I start? I think you sixteen. Yeah, you sixteen or you fifteen when I got my first call up uh, with the with the U.S. national team, man. A lot of some of the guys <sighs> that are there now are with me when I was U15 like when we or U16 like um, I think it's just like the bond between everybody is just, uh, the that I've had uh, growing up or that would have been in the cycle um, it's a hard question man to be honest I think it's just just the talent man and I don't know they just do a good job of scouting there's a lot of good American players and uh, you know I, everybody's starting to kind of realize what what what's to come and what what uh, kind of talent we do have so um but yeah man I think it's just like the just kind of the playing style now that Greg has, has input yeah, and kind of it, it's running down to every cycle now like every the whole U.S. squads are, are playing the way that he kind of wants to play like when we were with the U23s when I was with the U23s we're playing the same way as if we get a call up to the first team we need to know how the first team is going to play so we kind of do like the same drills like I've been with the first team and then the U twenty three, so it's kind of like they're doing everything the same to be ready for if you do have a call up to the first team.
2: That's very interesting. And that playing style would it be fair to say it's like it's more offensive? That it's, it's it's about being fearless on the field.
0: Yes, for sure, for sure.
2: One of the things that you mentioned is that obviously there are a lot of American talented players, and you know one of the things that I wanted to ask you is how would you establish yourself to fight for a position against the Sergio Des, against the Reggie Cannons uh, in the United States national team? Uh,
0: you know, just, just playing well, just continuing to play well.
2: I think uh,
0: just, I mean, I'm still they're young as well, but I'm still young. Uh, I have a lot to learn. I have a, a long way to go. You know, I'm just being patient and waiting for my time. I think, um, you know, I, I, I'm i a firm believer in the, what's meant for me will be for me. I never rush anything. I, I'm working with God's plan, whatever he has planned for me, man, you know, it can be that I don't live tomorrow. So I don't try to, I, I don't, I don't try to live by that. You know, I just um, continue to wake up every day and learn from, from my, from my teammates, from my coaches, um, from everybody just to be, be the best version of myself. And uh, yeah, man, that, that time will come, you know, obviously I have dreams and aspirations to play in Europe. I think that will take me to a next level as well but everything comes at a time where it needs to, when it needs to happen, man. And, uh, right now my time is with galaxy and, uh, I'm just going to continue to learn and prove myself and prove that I, that I want to be the best and that I can, that I can be a big, uh, a big factor in whatever national team I play for, man. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I kind of don't look at anybody as, um, competition. My competition is myself, man. And, um, yeah like i said what's meant for me will be for me and uh, i trust god's timing so right now i'm, I'm focused with the galaxy and uh, just trying to better myself and uh you know work on things that i need to work on like when i went with the uh, u.s first team and you know, others they always give feedback on on what we did well at, at the training session or at the camp and what we could have worked on but yeah that's that's kind of how, how i take this and uh you know i know that i have to continue to progress and um, and I have to continue to learn and take uh, take every day of opportunity to
2: to you know to one day be in that position. Sorry for trying to persuade you with the US national team there. Nah, it's that. good.
3: <laughs> okay. yeah. You mean Mexico, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh okay, man, Julian. Man. You know, listen, I'm sure me and the rest of the guys, we're really excited and looking forward to, you know, what the future has in store for you. And look, maybe we should access, I don't know. In a couple of interviews from now later when we have you back on the show. But sure. your career just started. But I'm curious, what has been one of the best moments for you so far? Whether it was scoring your first goal against Portland, whether it was assisting Zlatan, or, you know, even your outside work, your charity work, maybe that's the, the biggest highlight for you. I'm, I'm curious. And I'm also wondering, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years, whether it's playing abroad or even after soccer? You know, I know all your charity work. I'm sure that that will definitely like lead you somewhere along the line.
0: Yeah, so um, my best thing, to be honest, is probably playing with all the guys in Galaxy has brought in, man. But um, just having the opportunity to learn from from all the big players, Zlatan, you know, Gio was at preseason when I was at preseason. Jonathan, Chicharito, Roman, Juninho, Sebastian, just all those big guys, man. I really wish I could have played with Ashley Cole. That would have been probably the best thing in my life. but. Um, but, yeah, I think just playing with those guys and learning and getting advice, you know, me being 10, 9 years old, watching watching soccer, watching Chicharito having a jersey, watching uh, Jonathan, you know, on Ibra, I never in my life would have imagined that I'd be playing soccer with them. Never in my life. And it's crazy because they're like, now I see them every day. Like, it's nothing. But it, that's kind of one of the best things, you know, just – you never know what life is going to throw at you, how life works, man. It's it's crazy. And I just uh, taking the opportunity every day and learning from from all these guys that have played all over the world, man, and uh, just getting information. And uh, they've, they were once in my position and they knew what it was like. So, yeah, man, I think that's kind of my biggest thing is just being able to learn, man. Like I said, that's kind of one of my biggest things is learning from people. And not even just when they tell you stuff, it's just visualizing what they do how they take care of their body, how they manage themselves is just big. So I think that's kind of one of the big things. Uh, me seeing myself in five years, my goal is to go to Europe, man. be <laughs> in Europe, I'm, I'm, or hopefully in five years. What was that?
3: was I know you played for Barca, but, you know, you ever thought about Madrid?
4: <laughs> I love Madrid yeah, man. Never know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Of course, man. You know, I, exactly. You never know. You never know, man. Uh, but, yeah, my, my goal in five years is... How old will I be? Is there uh, a particular- 24, 25. I'll be 24, 25. Man. I think that's a good time to be in Europe. I think that's kind of one of my goals. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, man. Is there a particular league that you follow? Uh, no, I, I, mm-mm. I kind of follow everybody or every league. One of my leagues that I would love to play in would probably be Spain, La Liga, because I think it kind of fits my playing style um there wouldn't really be too much of an adaptation or whatever like learning spanish or whatever but i'm open to anywhere man
1: yeah hey julian we really think uh eric works secretly for florentino he's trying to recruit you over there but hey man for i wanted to ask you real quick <laughs> for anyone who hasn't been to a Tráfico game uh, la galaxy versus lafc wanted to ask Listen you man out. what was what's that yeah what's that vibe like that atmosphere i mean you could only see it from tv but if you're really there in person and you from the source, man. What's it? What's that? What's that energy like over there, man? It's the best. It's the <laughs> best. The
0: next galaxy game, I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give out two free tickets. I'm gonna give out two free tickets. So whoever watching this, stay stay tuned because I'm gonna give two free tickets to uh, Traffico. Next game, all right? Um, hey. But yeah, y'all, y'all need to come, man. It's um.
1: For sure, for sure, we'll be out there. I was actually Damn, out there about two weeks ago for, uh, I went for an LAFC, it was NYCFC, but uh, definitely, man, we'll definitely try to make, make it out there to see. Not,
0: nothing, nothing like LA Galaxy, LA. Uh. For sure, <laughs> no, no, that game doesn't nah, compare, man.
1: I think, doesn't compare. I think
0: it's a whole different vibe, man, it's the games that I grew up living for, man, it's like, it's like the best feeling in the world, you know, I wake up in such a good mood, I don't even want to go to sleep because I know who I'm playing. Like that's how I am every game. To be honest, every game I don't even want to go to sleep. I'm, I'm just like, damn, I'm not even tired. I just want to go play already. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a different feeling, man. It's a it's a feeling where it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be all hard, man. It's gonna be. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's gonna be balls out, man. You gotta you gotta do it. Like you you gotta be ready for the challenge, man. They're gonna give hundred percent. They know what they're fighting for. We know what we're fighting for and the crest we're fighting for. Uh, obviously with the best crest that you can see here, um, um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a feeling that I can't explain to you. But it's a, uh, it's uh, oh hold up, we are LA, we are LA. Um, hey, I yeah.
1: could already picture you three in the morning, you're yeah. ready to go out to the pitch. So. Yeah, man,
0: <laughs> but but I love it, man. It's it's definitely uh, a game we, I, we definitely... I look forward to
1: every year. We definitely gotta make our way out there for that. Hey, Julian, one of my last questions I think before we wrap up, uh, before if any of the guys has any questions, but um <clears throat> hey man, you were talking earlier about taking care of your body, you know, obviously getting your mind right. I wanted to ask you, you know, is there any pregame rituals you do? You know, obviously the night before. What are what are your meals like maybe before or after the game? You know, how you been taking care of yourself lately, you know, differently.
0: Uh yeah, I mean, kind of uh before the game or the night the day before the game is we we obviously have training. Uh, kind of do a little bit of work there uh, after training, uh, maybe ice bath, hot tub, little massage, um, foam roll, or even this year, this year, I've been doing a lot of meditation, um, a lot of uh, kind of work with with uh, my inside and my head, um, a lot of visual, like uh, visual work uh, with one of the psychologists that we have there at the galaxy. I think that's been something big for me. But yeah, I do a lot of that. I've been doing it for the past four, or five weeks. But yeah, the, night, the day before the game, I uh, kind of like to have pasta or salmon for dinner, uh, white rice, white rice always before a game. I don't know why, I love white rice.
1: Hey man, that's um, a problem for me. I can't stop having rice, man. I gotta, yeah. That's why i started running <laughs> lately.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I walk my dogs at night, probably for like an hour um, play a little bit of video games. Uh, I have some boots that I, that I wear, uh, the hyperized boots, the gun, foam roll at home at night. It's chill, man, to be honest, listen to music. But yeah. And then the next morning I wake up around, depending what time the game is, the game's at seven, wake up around like eight, nine, uh, go have breakfast, come back, uh, do some stretching and then walk my dogs for like 30 minutes. Then just listen to music, man. Just get in my zone, read a little bit of like Bible verses, talk to my family, then go on another walk with my dogs, and then come back home. Kind of just get ready for my game. Most of the time, my family will will be here, like at home games. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of how
1: my day goes, man. I feel like your dogs are your therapy, man. I mean, not yeah, as my dogs bad. are. They really are. They and, really are. And really it's amazing. And it's amazing to just hearing your routine, man. It sounds like I'm I'm speaking to a way older player. It's it's amazing that you're 19 and you know man, you got such an amazing career ahead of you. And dude, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem.
2: Well, word in the street is that uh, there's a new nickname for Julian. <laughs> <Elegio>. <laughs> you're right, ba- baby boy Jules. Yeah, how, baby how, boy Jules. How how did how did the nickname get started? Who 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 gave it to you? All right, so this is kind of like crazy. So it was
0: me, Sebastian, legit, and uh, and Bondi. Uh, we went to uh, we went shopping. I don't know what. what it, I think it was for like our first home game. We went to um, to Rodeo Drive just to go walk around for a little bit, have a uh, have lunch and dinner. And uh, Becky and her and her Becky. You guys know Becky, obviously. Yeah, Becky and uh, her. Her like uh, crew or whatever, her crew was there. They met us there. And I don't. Uh, we had been talking, me and Seba, uh, Seba invited me over to like, uh, we were going to get a tattoo or something out and uh, by, by one of the artists in L.A. So I was there like two nights before with them. And we were talking about something about making me a nickname or something. And I um, like how Sebastian has, they love the boy. They wanted to make something for me so two days pass we go to beverly hills and uh we were eating chipotle and they said okay we have a nickname for you becky and her crew said baby boy Jules," and i was like i think that they were like i think that's your vibe i think that's how you roll i think your confidence is like that so now it's baby boy Jules. <laughs> that's how it went and then i just made that post i, I went live i think and. the I don't even know how it happened, man. But, yeah, that's how that's how it is.
1: We kind of like the ring of it, man. It's kind of catchy. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. That's what they said. They, they think it's kind of catchy. They think it goes with the flow. So,
2: it's different. I love it. It's cool. You might drop an album soon or something. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Hey we'll Julian, see. hey man, that does it for us. We want to say thank you so much for being on with us, man. We're definitely gonna be watching the LA Galaxy games, keeping an eye on you and, and Sebastian, man. For, you know, obviously a guest of ours. And dude, no, I mean all the best this upcoming season, you know, and, and we we'll, I know you guys are definitely playoff looking playoff bound right now, and we wish you all the best this season, man.
0: Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And like I said, it was a pleasure to be on here talking with you guys, taking the time out of your day. and uh, not sure if you guys have families or whatever but yeah, man, I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, anything you guys need, I'm um, here and, uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate it and thank you for the time and uh, hopefully we can, um, we can get on another podcast soon.
1: All right, guys, that was the interview with Julian Arajo. We hope you enjoyed it. We did not know <laughs> that he was still torn between USA and Mexico. Oh man. I wish him the best. I don't know if I could even decide that. Uh, We wish him all the best. We'll definitely be tuning in for LA Galaxy Games. Christian, real quick, what you think of the interview, man?
2: Oh, I mean, he's such a talented player at a young age. I love that he was just humble and honest about everything in his life. I think the story about his parents, it's something that uh, a lot of people should be listening to because the struggles and the resilience to overcome those problems, well, leads him has led him to do what he does best is that's playing soccer so thank you to julian thank you to joanna again such a wonderful human being uh thank you for making this happen 100%
1: and to our special guest Caio. thank you so much for joining uh say peace out before anything else
4: thank you thank you now other than the euros you know copa america watch out for that you know brazil argentina final because it's it's happening
2: <laughs> i agree i agree argentina all the way baby come on america has been looking good sorry but, Caio.
1: Uh, Copa America has been looking good our Ecuador not so great but hey man we still got we still got hope so <laughs> and Eric man I'll let you close it out real quick oh
3: man Christian we're, we're never going to see eye to eye because you know Brazil's definitely taking it against Argentina I'm sorry to say you know uh, for you England fans uh, you know I hope you're listening and uh, you know keep listening but I, I just I don't see it happening I'm sorry and lastly Julian Julian the choice is easy man Listen, just play for Mexico. You know, we need fullbacks, you know, definitely play for us. You'll see, you'll get a couple of gold cups, you know, just go in Mexico. Yo, easy choice, easy choice. No, get but for real, Germany. thanks for listening to, uh, you know, all of us. I'll take some of you lines, you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, you know, look at our YouTube videos, look at our Instagram story. We know, you know, we have that Dwayne De Rosario, um interview and it's fantastic. Definitely give it
1: a watch. All right. And as for me, I want to give a quick thank you to Joanna again for this opportunity with Julian Araujo. A big thank you to Julian all the way from L.A. We got to head over to a Trafico game coming up soon. And to the soccer fans, thank you again for all your support. Can't believe it's been episode 28 episode 29 coming at you guys next week with another big guest coming up another player as well uh, really excited about that but man i just want to say a thank you to all the fans that have been sliding in our dms all the support all the comments they've all been so positive and man we we really do this all for you guys and you know you, you guys are really the what motivates us to keep going and bring you guys all the good content so thank you guys again we'll be back for next week episode 29 and we'll see you guys next week have a good one take care uh